0: All right, Air Paul's in here, going to be giving you guys the picks for the at and Pebble Beach Pro-Am. Now, there actually is not a Pro-Am this week. Uh, they're going to be playing a little, a little bit differently. Because of that, you know, COVID restrictions, there's no need to do the Pro-Am. So what is going to happen is that they're going to cut it down to two tournament or two courses like they did, you know, a couple of tournaments ago. It's going to be played on Pebble Beach Golf Links and then Spyglass as well. So it's, it's not going to be factoring in Monterey Peninsula at all this year uh so the cut is going to be after two rounds instead of three rounds like it typically would for me i actually like this a little bit one of course it's going to play a little bit harder but two it's going to make it just a little bit more predictable because we're not having to factor in that other tournament in which we do not have any strokes gain data um, so i'm kind of looking forward to that as a whole but kind of let's get into that recap of the previous week and then we'll get into the picks for this week so recap wise um I kind of already touched on this on the the course overview video. Pretty much, if Brooks Koepka did not win, I would have taken down a GPP uh, lineup, which is something that I kind of called out. Um, one, I put a YouTube video out there, uh, just going over my, you know, lineup uh, mass entry process there. And one of those lineups that I had was in second place right before Brooks held out for eagle. You know, if he did not win, I had the best remaining lineup that did not have Brooks Koepka. Um, So it's kind of unfortunate there. If he just struggled down the stretch, you know, I I win that tournament or at least have a top five finish, but still had a top 20 finish with that lineup, had a bunch of other lineups that were in contention in Sunday as well. So if you guys haven't, you know, check out that lineup optimizer. If you guys want to join 9 to 5 Nation, I will be doing this weekly video here, kind of breaking down my lineup optimizer max entry process, if that's the route that I choose to go that week. But overall, you know, we kind of got beat out by kind of just DraftKings price point again. I mean, Daniel Berger, G- correct play it didn't work out son jam was another play right by him web Simpson was another play right by him that was kind of the theme last week is that there's just a ton of quality plays at their price point so you weren't exactly like forced into a play where if you're doing a bunch of max on gpps you could sprout your ownership and feel pretty good about it and in cash you're just hoping not to get unlucky really is what it came down to and if you landed on Chris Kirk or John Hutt in your cash builds or Daniel Berger, you know, it's just kind of unlucky. We're looking at the stats. We're looking at the model rank. And we can easily see that we we're on the right players. We we're in the right lineup process. That's just kind of how the PGA DFS season has gone thus far. Um, eventually, one of these weeks, we're going to have a huge week. And I think it's right around the corner here because to be hitting on these value plays and other like low exposure plays at the rate that we have been, it's due to happen pretty soon here, but let's get into the process for, or the picks for at t Pebble Beach Pro-Am, if you will. All right, so pretty much what we know based off the course overview that I, video that I did, the stats that we want to look at are going to be ball strike and toll drive. And we obviously at this course, this is pretty much just a course in which players have to be hitting the ball well. So ball strike and toll driving, we want to be looking at as well. Um, I do want to look at bogey avoidance because I think it's going to be playing a lot more tough this year. So I'm going to be looking at bogey avoidance as another kind of key stat. If you're not making bogeys, you're more likely to make the cut, especially if you are doing well in those other key stats that we're going to be looking at. But I will be factoring in Strokes gain differential, which is a stat that I like to look at when um, kind of, a course, doesn't have any exact key stats for say, where it's kind of just, you have to be playing well to play at and that's stroke gain differential. So I'm going to be looking at that strokes gain approach is another stat that we'll be looking at again. And then I have added in another set. I was going to look at like fairways gained and good drives gain, but I just decided to kind of make opportunities gain, which will just be, um, you know, percent times that a player had a good drive that led to a green regulation or close to a green regulation so that's what that will be this week and just looking at over it's not really surprising here there's going to be some names that might surprise you for you know stat rank we're looking at dustin johnson first that makes a ton of sense dude has been a stud wolves as well that's a little bit shocking to me matthew naysmith not shocking at all jim fear not shocking at all as well i mean these guys are all guys that have been playing well they just like Matthew Naismith, Jim Furyk, they need to be a little bit more consistent. Patrick Cantlay, not surprising there. James Hahn, Cameron Tringali, Sam Burns, Stuart Sink, Henrik Norlander. Like, it's not really shocking that these guys are up here. One, they played a ton of events and they played some easier courses. But where they have like been missing cuts, I guess, recently is just they haven't been as consistent. But when they've been playing well, they've been playing well. But let's just go a little bit further down. We'll show you guys top 20. So Daniel Berger finishes out the top 20 for stat rank. All right, so now moving on to course history, it's going to start off with Jason Day. Jason Day has had four straight top five finishes or better, extremely good course history here for him. Daniel Berger had a great uh, finish in 2020, top five finish uh, last year. Kevin Strillman, phenomenal here as well. He's finished second, seventh, sixth, and 14th. Um, Yole Null had an eighth place finish in 2017. Not really a factor. He just, you know, that's four years ago now. We don't have to worry about that, but Matthew Naismith, top 11 finish in 2020. Phil Mickelson, course horse here. He's been a stud, a third, a first, a second, and a 65th place finish. Absolute course stud. Um, Harry Higgs, 2020. He had an 18th place finish. Uh, Bremlett as well. Jordan Spieth, though, he's another guy that's a course horse. Ninth, 45th, 20th, and 1st. Going to make a lot of interesting plays for people because he did kind of come into some good form yesterday, and he's kind of been Here or there a little bit during the fall swing. So maybe it's just a case of him kind of getting back into the flow of the season. And maybe, maybe we finally get the old Jordan back at a good course for him. And I'm kind of, kind of looking at that one. Um, He could be a decent play this week. Then we'll look at Dustin Johnson as well. Dustin Johnson is going to be a play that I like this week as well. Um, 32nd, 45th, second and third place finish. And then just rounding out the top 12, uh, Paul Casey, 64th, second and eighth. And then Scott Piercy, um, he finished 18th, 10th, 20th, and 55th at this course over the last four years. All right, guys. So now we're going to get into the top recent form-ranked plays, and then we'll get into the picks for this week. So we've got Patrick Cantlay. Patrick Cantlay's had a good season, really, since the break. A second and a 13th-place finish. Paul Casey's been playing good. Eighth-place finish at the AMX um francesco Morinari a 10th and an 8th place finish dj now dj is coming off of that victory on the european tour first place finish there um that's not factored into this recent form rank um the only tournament that we have for him in the last six tournaments is the stoc where he had a top 11 finish but we know (laughs) dj is just dominating so um you know take that as you will uh cameron davis kind of coming in 32nd third and a 31st place finish max homa has been a stud max homa has finished 42nd 18th 21st and 12th uh, bull hog here 36th 18th 16th and 23rd place finish wells with torres we kind of know that 17th 7th and 52nd matt jones who okay um 30th uh 48th 21st and 11th place finish and then Doug in uh running at the top 10 37th 5th and 46 Cameron Tringale as well uh, 17th 18th and 56th and then you got Brian Harmon casually just been making a ton of cuts 36th 8th 56th and 30th um, so far this season so that's going to be it for the stat or recent form rank um, I will say I'm going to get into the picks right now but uh, stay tuned because we will be going over the most optimal lineup just based off the projections on Monday um, kind of a fun thing to do there but let's get into the picks we'll start off here on the high tier we go so kind of surprising there that there's like a limited amount of options but we'll sort of by salary here um just looking at yes Dustin Johnson is going to be the best play on the board this week kind of like honestly the top player uh this year has just been absolutely dominating John Rahm still had a top 20 finish last week and he still kind of (laughs) struggled for John Rahm but he still played well you know DJ at 12k I'm perfectly fine with um just a great play overall honestly so we'll pull him up down here um you know course history 32nd 45th second and third place finish strokes gain differential 12th ball striking second total driving first opportunities gain 61st par five scoring not enough rounds i guess uh bogey voines first strokes gain approach fourth stat rank and model rank first overall just a great play 94 percent chance to make the cut guys uh projected score 125 points this week patrick Hanley, i don't mind as well though uh patrick Hanley, great course history here um strong staff fit ranks top five this week you know he's just been playing a lot better you know this fall swing so i don't really mind patrick Hanley. if you guys want to pay up for him you can uh where it starts to get a little bit iffy i I guess you could say is paul casey paul casey does have good course history here paul casey is typically a guy that um total drives and ball strikes the ball well although he hasn't exactly been doing that just yet i expect that to come around um uh, but this is a good course for him uh, he is coming off a top 10 finish i think he's priced up a little bit too much for me I'd much rather go with daniel berger i'm going to go back to the well with daniel berger he missed the cut by one um that's kind of just post break variance if you will um you know he had a seventh place finish at the uh, sony open uh Top 10 at the STOC and then a top 25 at the Mokoba. Maybe just kind of got cold for a little bit. Um, Only a top 20 stat right though. That's kind of the worry there. But he has been, you know, hitting fairways, making greens, not making that many bogeys. Um, So he's a guy that I expect to make the cut. Had a top five finish here last year. And then, you know, Wilson Torres, I think he's going to be a fine GPP play. If you guys want to roll with him, you can do that. I'm perfectly fine with that. I do really like Sam Burns this week. Sam Burns hasn't had a start here in the last four years, which, you know, that could be the reason you fade him. Um, Overall, decent recent form. He's been showing a ton of upside two straight t22 or better finishes after the miscut at the amx you know he's a top 10 staff hit again this week really just a strong staff hit overall good recent form makes him a top 10 play overall and then cameron davis i do like as a play as well he's made his last two cuts here at this course a 38th place finish and a 59th before he missed the cut in 2018 um and then recent form wise has been playing well 32nd third and 31st place finish uh stroke differential could be a little bit better this week it's you know i'm a little bit worried about that but every other stat that we're looking at is you know strong relatively i do think he is priced up a little bit as well and then just going over a couple of the course horses you got jason day jason day not a good stat rank um not good recent form i mean if you guys are playing jason day you're, you probably played brooks last week so you can do that i'm you know if you want to do that you can same thing with like jordan um played well last week still though struggled off the tee you know if he does that this week i could see him struggling once again i'm just a little bit worried about that uh with him um but that's really it for me in the high tier you know dj if you can't pay up for him that's what the route i would go i like burger and gpps cantley does seem safe wills a taurus gpp play you know there's just a bunch of decent gpp plays i don't think we're going to be building much of our cash build out in the high tier uh, but let's mo- move down into the low tier now all right so we got set low tier kevin stroman is leaning it off and i honestly when i saw this i'm like that can't be right that's you know very high price point for him but he has great core sister here second seventh sixth and 14th and he has been coming into some good recent form. 22nd, 37th, miscut, And then on 32nd in his last four starts on tour. Um, overall, strong staff fit. He has been getting better as the season has went on. He's a guy that's typically a strong ball striker, strong total driver. Doesn't make many bogeys. You know, it makes sense that this has been a good course for him. I would like to see him hit a little bit more fairways and greens and regulation. But still, I you know, I actually don't mind Kevin Streelman at that price point. It does worry me a little bit, though. So last week I said, Max Homer, you know, he had kind of struggled early on the season and that his stats would eventually come around while they're starting to come around. He was like a 90th stat rank play last week. Now he's at 67th. So we can kind of see that those stats are coming around. Obviously, he's been in great recent form. 42nd, 18th, 21st, and 12th over his last four starts. He has two top 15 finishes here in the last two years and then a missed cut in 2017. So relatively, you know, he's a good play. Um, 88, it's a little bit high to pay for him. But we might be forced into that. Um, I don't mind him as a play, though. Henrik Norlander. Wow. Um, Good recent form. Three straight make cuts in a row. That's what you want to see. Didn't have a miscut the Makoba, but that's like six weeks ago now. Um course history-wise, 25th place finish in 2020, 2017 had 39th place finish, stat rank. The dude has been playing some good golf. Top 10 stat rank ranks 24th in the model overall. You know, he ranks top 30 or better in stroke scan differential, ball striking, total driving, par five scoring. Um, and then, you know, around 60th in bogey avoidance and stroke scan approach. So yeah, I'm liking Some of Henrik Norlander this week does feel crazy to pay up for him at that price point. Cameron Tringali does kind of feel like a pay up play, but he's made three straight cuts here at this course. Strong stat fit, top 10 this week. You know, he's been hitting the ball well recently, and that's like I said, that's what you want to go for uh, this week as a player that's hitting the ball well. Does seem a lot to pay up for him, only a GPP play for me, but you know, two straight top 20 finishes, three straight make cuts in a row. I don't mind him uh Brent Steele, steel if you want to play him you can um i'm not going to be doing that alex noren kind of the same thing uh brian Harmon, though you know he's just been finding ways to make cuts this might be kind of the shoulder shrug play of the week for me where i just kind of end up on him and it's kind of whatever um you know ranks out decently well this week don't mind him matt jones our value play last week and all our top value play last week our top value play hasn't missed a cut in 2020 you got a huge price bump okay so He was 69, 6.9 last week. Now he's 8.1. Four straight make cuts in a row. Would do that with, you know, decently good course history. Had a fifth place finish here last year, 53rd in 2019. In 2018, a missed cut. And then in 2017, a 23rd place finish. So obviously, you know, when he's playing well, he can go out and play well at this course. Overall, he's a top 15 stat fit. His only worry, and I think this could be the most key stat, is ball striking where he ranks 123rd, um, total driving's 51st, opportunities gained 35th, par 5 scoring 48th, bogey avoidance 44th, and strokes gained approach 19th. So yeah, I kind of think that he makes the cut. You do worry about paying up for him at that price point, but I think it could be worth it. James Hahn has made three out of four cuts. You know, he had a good fall swing. He's playing some great golf, top 10 staff fit. I think he's worth it in GPPs. Then Matthew Natesmith. Smith, going to be more of the same, where, you know, we saw that with the stats that a good round or a good tournament was going to come for him. He kind of was just having a couple of blow up rounds that were kind of costing him. Um, So the seventh place finish last week was not surprising. He's been a strong staff fit really this whole year, honestly. It wouldn't shock me if he goes out and wins this week. He's a good stat fit, great stat fit for this course. I mean, his lowest stat for this course is bogey points at 67. He's top 12 in Stroke game differential, ball striking, total Driving. Um, you know, I don't mind him. If he can kind of clean up his around the green game, he's going to have a good finish here. <laughs> I mean, this is kind of the risk-reward section this week is what it's kind of showing me. Um, lots of risk. You're kind of chasing recent form. You're chasing stat fit there, but it could be worth it this week. It's definitely a much more correctly priced week, I'll tell you, tell you that, where we're not getting like extreme discounted plays, where I don't know if DraftKings is exactly going to be forcing us into plays this week like they have been previously. So Matt Kuchar does have good course history, not a good stat fit, though. I, I'm worried about him. Chris Kirk, I, You know we could go back to the well with him. Doesn't have the best course history here. Um, that miscut, you know, that horrible Friday round really cost him, but he is still his top 20 you know, 20 stat rank. It will not surprise me if he goes on and has a good week. Uh, Peter Malinati, you know, mixed course history, mixed recent form. Okay, stat fit, you know, top 10 in r five scoring, uh, 22nd in bogey avoidance, 34th in ball striking, forty six in opportunities gained. And then he kind of sucks in stress gained differential and uh, total driving. So, you know, his results could really just vary across the board there. So you do worry about him a little bit. Russell Knox has been playing, you know, some strong golf um, this season. He, his top 11 stat-ranked play. Um, missed cut last year at this course, but then a 14th and a 15th-place finish. Um, you know, I think he'd be worth it in GPPs, and maybe we'd be forced to play him in cash and not, like, exactly feel good about it. But 34th in strokes gained differential, 33rd in ball striking, 4th in total driving, uh, 60 second in bogey avoidance, you know, that's the worry, and then 5th in strokes gained approach. So I could see him having a good week uh Wyndham Clark I, I don't mind I don't love uh three straight make cuts in a row two straight at this tournament top 40 stat fit you know it's okay play uh Nick Taylor you know he's made throughout of his last four cuts but he did miss a cut last week he has decent course history here um his game just hasn't been where you'd want it to be if you're going to pay up for him Scott Stallings, this is a course where he's enjoyed it. He missed a cut here last year, but before that, a third, a seventh, and a 14th place finish. He is coming off of a made cut last week. And guess what? He's a top 15 stat fit. Um, Where he sucks is par five scoring and bogey avoidance, ranks over 100th in all those. You know, the the, the stat that you're hanging your hat on with him is going to be stroke skin approach, where he ranks ninth. We're just, you have to chase something here in this range where we're just not having many plays that are checking all the boxes. Once again, checking all the boxes is, you know, my three rules of three. Um, recent form wise, they have at least one top 30 or better finish and three straight make cuts. Same thing for with tournament history. Um, you know, three out of four make cuts with at least a top 30 finish and then stat rank. I want them to be a top 30 stat rank play. We really don't have any players that are checking all the boxes this week. Doug Gim would be, if he had a decent course history, he does not. He's missed uh two straight cuts here. Uh decent recent form though. Top 21 stat fit. So, I mean, you could end up on him. Chez Reedy is a guy that, you know, has played this course really well. Horrible recent form top 55 stat rank play. You know, you don't feel good about that. You can maybe chase uh, Andrew Putnam, who overall, you know, thirty-six stat rank play. But guys, look at this. This is how bad the field is. He ranks top thirty-six in stat rank, and he doesn't really have any good stats. So that really tells you that the field that we have. Um, we could see a bunch of variants here. It's kind of what I'm getting at, but made cut here in 2019, missed cut in 2018, you know, two straight made cuts. He's kind his game has been trending in the right direction, but you kind of worry about it. I actually don't mind Jim Furyk, um, made cuts uh, at the Sony open 47th place finish, um, in 2020 at the scores, missed cut. 2019, 14th place finish in 2017, 66th place finish. Uh, you know, I don't mind it strokes gain differential seventh ball striking uh 53rd total driving 20th uh 46th in the opportunities game boogie avoidance 95th that you know you worry there and then second in the strokes approach so there is a path where he does go on and has a good week uh joel damon you would expect him to kind of get his sh- together if you will three straight missed cuts in a row he's made three straight cuts in a row throughout this course you know top 30 stat fit i don't mind him kyle stanley though kyle stanley Four straight make cuts in a row. Uh, hasn't had a start here in the last four years, but strong staff hit top 18. This is a guy where I might just roll with it. Um, opportunities gain 149 and bull, bogey avoidance 103rd, but everything else, you know, T49 or better. So you know, if you end up on him at his price point, I get it. Um, but really after that, There's nothing to really hang our hat on too much. You could go back to the well with Stuart Sink, who's made three straight cuts in a row, made two out of three cuts here as well. He ranks top 10 in uh, stat rank this week. I'm fine with that. Uh, Scott Piercy, not that good. I mean, guys, just look at the cut percentages that I'm showing here on the right-hand side. Last week, we had a bunch of players that were like around 60th, and just based off this range... The highest player that we have is Jim Furyk at 64%. That is not good. Okay. And I was getting to Pat and Kazire. Pat and Kazire is kind of like my one go-to play for this tournament. He had a bad Sunday last week, but four straight make cuts in a row over the last six tournaments. Um, ball striking's not there. 167th, but overall top 22 stat that hasn't had a start here in the last four years, but overall, I don't mind him as a play. He'd kind of be the one I want to roll with. Um, Yeah, but if you want to go with Scott Piercy, I mean, you can. Good course history here. He's had a decent season thus far. If you end up on him, I wouldn't really blame you. Um, You know, that's kind of it. There's nothing really elite that I would really want to hang my hat on in this price point range now that might change throughout the week. That could definitely change throughout the week. Um, But just not seeing it just yet. Just trying to find someone here. Yeah, that range just sucks in general um it's it's just gonna be a tough tournament as you guys are seeing we're gonna have to have some risk associated with our lineup process which is something that you know we don't exactly want to do but it's kind of just going to be the week that we have this week where the last few weeks we've had a lot of plays to hang our hat on once again i'll just kind of sort it by cut likelihood here um in the value tier range let's get austin cook out of there all right so as you guys can see in, in this range where we only have three players that are have a projected cut likelihood of over 50%. Okay, Cameron Prucy, I don't mind. He's a good stat rank. Uh, course history, so-so. Um, pull it up. You know, miscut in and top-ten finish. So he has shown the upside here. Uh, good stat fit, though. And that's what we would hang our hat on. You know, honestly, I wouldn't be shocked if he goes out and makes the cut here. Um it's kind of it. Joseph Bradlett, you know, he's a guy that does have good driving distance. Had an 18th place finish at the Farmers. I don't mind him as a play. I just don't love it. 18th place finish here last year. Once again, he's a guy that hits it long off the tee, but that's, that's really it. Is there anything else we can kind of hang our hat on a good stat rank here? Maybe CT Pan, maybe uh, Roger Sloan, possibly. I mean, he's okay. Nothing great. Let's see if we got any other you know good ranked plays here. Okay, I'm not trusting that because he doesn't have any stats. <laughs> this is all yeah, that's not good. Um let's go with the, the young gun, maybe. Okay, stat ranked, you know, top 20 this week, which once again this week that's not that good overall. Hank LeBiota, maybe makes the results course history-wise. Top 30 stat fit, maybe. I mean, I really like Patrick Rogers as a player. I, you know, I like his swag, but horrible as well. So, this is a week where you really, if you're entering a lot of GPPs, really spread it out and probably just not going to be playing a lot this week, unfortunately. Um, it's kind of just the week that we have. So, you know, let's get into the lineup builder process here for this one. Um, I'm going to do one build here uh, to see which is the most optimal lineup just based off the fantasy projections that we have right now. And, you know, this makes a lot of sense. So DJ, Matthew Naismith, Wyndham Clark, Patton Kazire, Jim Ferick and Stuart Sink. So, you know, that makes a lot of sense. But as you can see, that's a lot of risk associated there. Uh, Matthew Naismith's body recent form. I mean, has been playing better recently. Wyndham Clark, kind of same thing. Patton Kazire doesn't have any course history here. Jim Ferick and Stuart Sink. I mean, do we really want to trust both of them in the same build? Uh, just an interesting week overall but that's kind of going to be the week that we're looking at this week um gonna have to dive down a little bit more to give you guys the core plays video for tomorrow i mean look for that i think we're gonna be able to find a good value play for you guys like we have every week but if this is the week where our streak of nailing the value play comes to an end it would make sense but overall you know i kind of like these weeks where the plays aren't as obvious so we're gonna have to do a deeper dive for the core plays for you guys and get those back to you but That's all I have for you guys today. If you enjoyed the video, please give me a like and subscribe. I do appreciate that. If you guys want to use the tools featured in this video, head over to 9to5sports.com. It is $10 a month. Best value in PGA DFS. All right, guys, we're out. And as always, let's keep cash.